0: Welcome to KGOU's How Curious, dedicated to stories about Oklahoma's unique inhabitants, places, and events. I'm Rachel Hopkin, and a couple of months back, I put out a call for listener suggestions.
1: I contacted How Curious. I saw the social media post.
0: Celebrated Norman musician and composer Michael Hostie, AKA Hostie, was one of the kind respondents.
1: I thought about my favorite Oklahoma cryptid, I think you say, the Oklahoma octopus, I got interested in it because my friend gave me this wallet right here.
0: I took a photo of it for the How Curious webpage. On its cover, there's a purple octopus wearing a t-shirt bearing the state flag.
1: So I got the wallet, and uh, I go, Oklahoma octopus? Well, what is it? You just hear people talking about it. Oh, there's an octopus that lives in Lake Tenkiller was the first. The origin of it is, I think it's a Native American origin, of a giant creature with tentacles that lived in, like, lakes somewhere. I'd like to know more of the backstory.
2: I'd like to be under the sea In an octopus's garden in the shade He'd let us in, knows where we've been In his octopus's garden in the shade
0: A cryptid is a strange creature whose existence has never been proven. Think of Bigfoot or the Chupacabra. But whereas those beasts have supposedly been sighted all over the place, the Oklahoma octopus is ours alone. And it's said to inhabit three specific lakes here, Thunderbird, Tenkiller, and Uluga, where it uses its massive tentacles to pull humans down to watery deaths. Folklore professor David Puglia has been studying local cryptids from around the US for years. He describes them as legendary monsters, which are not the same thing as fictional monsters.
3: People are frequently interested in monsters that there's no idea out there that they actually exist. So Frankenstein and Dracula and Godzilla, but a legendary monster, which is synonymous with a cryptid, the most interesting or perhaps important part is that there's this idea that this creature, in fact, might exist there's a
0: potentiality there
3: hey guys it's me Aubrey
0: and, and melissa
3: we're here to look for the oklahoma
0: octopus yes this is from a video They're- on a popular youtube channel called fun and crazy kids it follows the light-hearted adventures of an oklahoma family oh, so
4: the legend goes that hundreds of years there's been a giant octopus just
0: waiting in the middle of the lake for unsuspecting <gasps> Yes, After several okay. minutes there's a sudden cut to Aubrey fleeing from the lake. <sighs> I saw him. I saw him. I saw him. Did you guys see him? Okay, run, he's real. As David said, down. with legendary monsters or cryptids, it's the potential for belief that's important, not actual belief. To me it's pretty clear that Aubrey and Melissa are playing with this idea. Not least because it's a well known fact that no Oklahoma lakes of any size have been around for hundreds of years. They were all man made during the twentieth century. But wait, what about the Native American roots which Hosty mentioned? Oklahoma is home to 39 tribal nations, the majority of which were forced to relocate here from elsewhere. Could it be that one or other of them brought with them some kind of seed tale? If they did, I couldn't find it. There are Native American narratives featuring octopuses, but they're mostly from tribes located in the Pacific Northwest. Closer to home, I did find references to a number of late monsters, for example, the Cheyenne Mechne, But while the Mechne does hunt humans, nowhere does it sound anything like an octopus. It's more of a horned serpent. I began to wonder if the whole Native American origin thing might be a red herring. David Puglia agreed.
3: Tellers of legendary monster tales frequently are looking for ways to give their legendary monster validity. One of the most common, if not the most common, right up there with, I heard this from a friend of a friend, is to ascribe Native American roots to a particular legend. It's one of the most common tropes you'll find across North America. This weekend, hundreds of monster hunters have gathered in the Scottish Highlands to carry out what's probably the largest search for the Loch Ness monster in 50 years.
0: That's NPR's Scott Detrow reporting on a massive weekend-long search for Nessie in August 2023. Quick note, they didn't find her. But she does at least have genuinely ancient roots with the first recorded sighting dating from the 6th century. So what about the Oklahoma octopus? Given that none of its three preferred lakes existed before 1950, I was surprised to get hits for its name decades earlier while digging around in a newspaper database. However, it turned out that the term Oklahoma Octopus used to be applied to local corporations deemed to be overexpanding, such as the Continental Creamery in 1906 and the Mutual Telephone Company a year later. But the Oklahoma Octopus has a cryptid. The earliest reference I could find was a brief entry in a 2007 book called Monster Spotter's Guide to North America. I did reach out to its author, Scott Francis, but didn't hear back from him. In any case, as my investigation continued, what did become clear was that Oklahoma octopus sightings and stories only really began in earnest a couple of years later, after a TV pseudo-documentary about the cryptid was broadcast as part of the Lost Tape series on the Animal Planet network. The episode in question follows five kids as they take off for a local lake to celebrate graduating from high school. Alas, after quite a bit of splashing around and the brief appearance of something possibly tentacle ish, only two of them make it out alive. According to David Puglia, it's not uncommon for a so called legend to originate in some form of popular culture, following a very particular pattern. Here he speculates on what happened after the Lost Tapes episode aired in
3: 2009. A contingent of people who are passionate about cryptids and legendary monsters recorded. That finding to a cryptid wiki. Now, anytime that people are interested in legends of a particular place, specifically Oklahoma, that reference is easily found on any Google search. This has happened elsewhere, most notably with the Slender Man, where a legend is openly fabricated from the beginning, but A community that cares to do so then invests time in creating a narrative, in creating images. And in that way, the legend grows and takes on a legendary life of its own.
0: It therefore does not seem coincidental that the Oklahoma Octopus's Facebook page began in 2011. And it was started by none other than Hostie, a local resident with an interest in cryptids. In the closing sequence of the Lost Tapes episode, a voiceover mentions the extensive phenomena of lake monster sightings around the world. That, at least, is true.
2: There's a large number of cryptids or monsters that have lived around and near water, both recently and throughout history.
0: Caleb Lack is a clinical psychologist who teaches critical thinking courses at the University of Central Oklahoma.
2: We can go back to mermaid stories, right, from ancient Greece, to the Loch Ness Monster, to champ here in the United States. I mean, there's tons and tons. Why? You don't see cryptids walking down the street. You see cryptids in places where it's hard to get to. It's hard to explore. What's harder to see to than the bottom of an Oklahoma lake? Turns out not much, because they're, they're not very clear for the most part.
0: Couple this with some of the psychological motivations for storytelling and the popularity of scary cryptid tales becomes clearer.
2: If you look at just the kind of stories that people tell, a lot of times they're trying to communicate something important, or we're trying to learn something. And monster stories help us do a couple of things. One is uh, explain the unknown, and two is explain why it's dangerous to do certain things. Here's why you don't go into the forest at night. Here's why we don't swim in the lake alone. And it turns out we learn (laughs) very effectively when something is tied to a very strong emotion. And if that emotion's fear, we very quickly learn not to do certain things.
0: It's worth noting here that unfortunately, drownings in Oklahoma's lakes are not out of the ordinary, though not because of a man-eating octopus. That said, there have been instances of creatures once thought to be imagined monsters actually turning out to be real. Witness the gorilla.
2: If you went back to the 1880s and asked most European explorers if the gorilla was real, they would say it's a legend. And then what did they do? Well, they went to Africa and then they found and shot them and they are like, oh, I guess they're real. So there's tons of examples of that. And some people would say, well, if we found these things that were once considered legends, why shouldn't we keep an open mind about the Oklahoma octopus? And we should keep an open mind, but it shouldn't be so open that our brain falls out. Meaning that if you have good evidence to support something existing, then yes, bring it forward. But if it's just eyewitness stories, or it's just tales told around the campfire, that's very different from, hey, we found this tentacle. Come, look up here.
4: Octopus oh.
2: In the
0: end, I did come across an octopus swimming in Oklahoma waters, albeit in a tank at the Oklahoma Aquarium. Hallie Moss and Tegan Smith, the education specialist there, took me to meet him, a giant Pacific octopus.
4: So here he is. He looks like he is in rest mode this morning. He's not quite awake. That's him.
0: Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't really know how to describe him. His head and arms were all smooshed together in a blob, and he'd suckered himself to the side of the tank.
4: Does he have a name? He does not have a name. We don't usually name them just because they have very short lifespans. Oh,
0: they do? How long does an Very, live? very
4: short. In captivity or in managed care, we can usually get between three to five years. But in the wild, they're more likely to live two or three years.
0: So an octopus doesn't typically last even a decade, let alone hundreds of years. But for our local cryptid to actually exist, there's a far larger challenge to have come.
4: Probably the first problem we're gonna run into is that octopus live in salt water. When you put a saltwater animal with gills into fresh water, it is usually going to kill that animal due to osmosis. Eventually it's gonna cause the cells of the octopus to swell and the octopus cells will then explode. And so that animal will die. There are some animals like bull sharks and salmon that can go in between salt and fresh water, but that is because their bodies are specially adapted for that. Um, octopus are not, they are only
0: saltwater creatures. But how long can they be in freshwater from saltwater and survive, do you know? Probably not longer than a few minutes. So when a small but actually real octopus was found alive in an Arkansas lake in 2003, the theory was that it had only just been dumped there, probably from a private aquarium. One thing that I learned that actual octopuses do have in common with the Oklahoma octopus is a preference for living alone.
4: Octopus are extremely solitary creatures. They do not live in groups or with mates. They do, of course, reproduce, but that is the only time they will ever be together. And then other than that, they are completely solitary creatures.
0: And it's this aspect of octopus nature, be it real or cryptid, that Hostie finds so compelling, which in turn led him to contact how curious.
1: Learning to live alone with yourself is the most difficult thing to do, and kind of something to achieve.
0: Have you written a song for the Oklahoma Octopus?
1: So I've written one about a pterodactyl, and I've written one about uh, the chupacabra, and a friend of mine wrote one about Bigfoot, and it was so good, I just I couldn't come up with one. because well, I think his went, Bigfoot, he's big and scary, Bigfoot, he's a little bit hairy. But it would be a great minor key murder ballad, maybe.
0: I was thinking more of a serenade.
1: Or it could be a serenade, yeah. It can't be forced, though.
0: Is there anything else that you would like to say?
1: If there is an Oklahoma octopus, I hope they never find him.
0: Well, you can at least find a link to Hostie's Facebook Oklahoma octopus. There's a link to it on our webpage. Search for KGOU and How Curious. Thanks to Hostie and all of today's contributors, plus Misha Broughton, Nelson Dent, Sarah Cop, Matthew Nolan, and Gordon Yellerman. How Curious is a production of KGOU Public Radio. It's produced by me, Rachel Hopkin. The editor is Logan Layden, and David Gray composed our theme music. And if you too have an idea for an episode, please email us at curious at kgou.org.
4: Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.